It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, September 19th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is excited to get into actual rookie camp games. We saw some games. Woo! Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello there. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with the brilliant Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. We've got a mailbag coming up this Wednesday. So get those questions in. On today's show, we are going to talk about that rookie series versus the New York Rangers kids. And it's Monday. So, of course, we will have our nemesis of the week. I think it'll be a good one this week. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Russ, it was an interesting weekend, and uh, I I would say kind of a mixed bag because they did win both games. But as we said in our preview, and you said it specifically, it doesn't matter what the score is. It really just matters no. what they do out there, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to look. you have to look at what they're doing in the game, and then if you want to go that next step, you have to look at what that game does at the next level. So, like, if you think that someone in this game should be on the Flyers, you have to now look at these two games, say to yourself, okay, based on what I saw in these two games, where does that put this player with the Flyers? What spot exactly can this player take? And it's a lot harder than you think because, again, it's easy to watch these games and say, oh, yeah, this guy's ready or this guy's really close or he should be ready. But then when you say, well, what what spot is he going to take? That's where the hard work is. Right, especially because, you know, we have regular training camp around the corner with right. a full complement of forwards, you know. And so if, if you're talking specifically about forwards, where are any of these guys going to slot in when there right. are, you know, 12 NHL-ready, supposedly, guys already there? Yeah, and that's the that's the thing of it. So what this is good for is it jumpstarts their training camp, which helps them for whatever season they're going to have, whether it's OHL, whether it's AHL, whether it's NHL, or even somewhere else. But, I mean, that's what it does. It helps jumpstart that. Um, when I look at these things, I look at when I went to, you know, dev camp, saw them, ask questions, whatever. Then when they came back here, I you know, I had one day to go to camp. I didn't go because I just wanted to see them in game action. So we've seen them in game action now. And now we have a better idea of at least sort of where they are. They're not exactly where they're going to be, like in the middle of this upcoming season. Now we get that, right. but we we but we can see some things that you know project. Right, and I think up against these Rangers kids, I think the overall takeaway for me is that the Flyers just looked a little bit more tired and slower than the Rangers prospects. But 
it was important for them to see how they could battle in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Flyers battle was there and I felt like their defensemen were keeping up. I felt like their forwards weren't for the most part. Now there was one exception on defense that I'll talk about at some point, but, but for the most part, I felt like that was the general overview of the two days. Now, also, we did see some top-notch goaltending. We did. Uh, you know, two goalies in, in particular, one on the Rangers' side, one on the Flyers' side, definitely kept the score down, too. Yeah, I, I was especially surprised by the score in Saturday's game, just, again, because we saw flashes of what a lot of these Flyers guys could do, and they were able to capitalize it, I think partially due to the not-so-good goaltending on the Correct. Rangers' side. Side. I yeah, think Dylan Garan readily... didn't play the second day, no. right? Like on the first day, he's he's their best goalie. He's he's probably a year away from being an NHL backup, honestly. Yeah, I, I think that was extremely apparent because I felt like the the effort and the the skill that that was there relative to the Rangers players, I thought were pretty similar between the two days. Yes. They were just able to get the pucks in the net on the second day. Yeah, and, and and Sam Erson was great. Like, he was terrific. He was mm -hmm. everything he was before he started to get injured. And that, you know, that's a big plus. Like, now you don't have to worry about who's the top goalie in, in you know, for the Phantoms. You, that's no longer a question. I think so. And, and considering that, you know, he's a guy, he played, what, four games in the yeah. last year to be able to jump in. Uh, pretty cold, I would say, overall, to have the game that he did uh, only one goal in 37 shots. He just was getting peppered like crazy mm -hmm. and was able to react to all different kinds of shots. And I think Lappy mentioned something to that effect. Yeah. I mean, we, we knew what he was before the injuries and he was that same guy now. And yeah, he was getting peppered with some shots, but he was really cool under pressure. The movements were there. The glove was there. The timing was there. Like you said, the timing was probably the thing that was going to be most important because it's hard to mimic what this mm -hmm. game action was going to be, and his timing was there. Yeah, I think that was the part of it that was most impressive to me was that he, he was able to get side to side really effectively, and it, I just felt like he had really good vision and anticipation as to where the next shot was going to be coming from. Yeah, and that's that's a huge thing. And again, the the communication with the defensemen were, was good because um, again, he knows some of these guys for sure. Um, but it's not like they played together a ton, and they switched up the defense for Urson uh, compared to the first day. There were some different players that came in, like Adder came in, and so that's you know he reacted really well with that. Yeah, I think somebody else that stood out in both games was Ole Lixell. I yes. think now I will say to be fair, he is older, right? He's, he's like 23. 22, 23, right? Yeah. So he's going to be just naturally further along than some of these guys. So I don't want to read too much into it, but mm. you know, on the other hand, he had a goal Friday and a goal and two assists on Saturday. And I thought his assists were like just as impressive as the goal. Yeah, I agree. I think the assists were really impressive. The, f the first goal though, um, on Friday was very impressive because it showed like a different speed burst for him. Like he's been on this slow path of development, which is fine. Some players are. And, and we've talked about him infrequently, but enough to say he's still around and he's still hanging around and he is still hanging around for a reason. There's, there's talent there and he is a versatile guy. So 
I did like what I saw. I do feel like his speed burst was there. I felt like uh, his offense is now starting to shine a bit. And I don't think he's going to be a big-time scorer. But, you know, when you're talking about bottom six kind of players, um, could he be like a little less than like a Michael Raffle kind of, you know, contributor? Yeah, he probably could. Yeah, I, I think so as well, that he's good in a bunch of different situations. Yes. And the Michael Raffle comparison, uh, now that you mention it, I think is a really good one because, you know, he was a bit of a chameleon and could yep. really slot in wherever you needed to put him. And it seems like Lixell is one of those guys that would just be up for whatever assignment you gave him. He's pretty disciplined as well. So I yeah. think that he would be a good addition too if you have like a really good pair together on a forward line and you just want a third person that's going to complement them mm -hmm. he could complement almost any pairing right yeah yeah he can and and that's that's really the thing um you know one thing even though he may not be in the big list you know the adam yenning fight was good for a sense that he is a guy that plays with snarl right so he kind of like you know put that out there it's like hey this is kind of who i am he's not a big fighter but he is a tough guy. And so I thought it was good that he kind of laid that because even, even within the press box, they were kind of like, well, what's Adam Yenning going to do at the NHL level? And I'm like, listen, everybody needs defensive defensemen. You need at least two on every team at the NHL level, at least two. And so I do think he has that ability to be a bottom pair defensive defenseman. And it's, and he's, and it's different than Robert Hag. I, it's hard to explain, but I'll try. Um, He's a better puck I know what you're saying. Yeah, but everybody wants to like default to Robert Hag. Like we had Robert Hag, and it's like, yeah, but he's a better puck transporter uh, than Robert Hag, and his brand of defense is better. It's a little tougher, even though Hag learned how to play tough. So there's just it's to me, it's a little bit of a a cut above if he hits it, and I think he he could hit it. We have a lot more guys to talk about. Some guys that stood out both positive and negatively and, and some guys that maybe weren't as noticeable and uh, maybe some line combinations that gave us some spark as well. So we are going to talk about all that coming up next. But first, we're going to hear about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. I want to talk about another defenseman, Russ. You mentioned Adam Ginning. I want to talk about Ronnie Adderd because mm -hmm. he was able to kind of show what he does best, but kind of he struggled a little bit in his weak spots, which sounds obvious, but it's like one of those things that he's going to have to work on. Ronnie Adderd, um, the offense is there, right? We see him. He mm -hmm. winds up on the shot. The offense is there. He does everything you want him to do in the offensive zone. The only thing is um, there were a few plays. Uh, Pagianiemi burnt him once. And and Matthew Remp, who is a big guy. Now, he does skate fairly well, but he's like, what, 6'8", 6'7", 6'8". And he did get 
down the ice past him. We got on inside position and and put up a um a backhand. And so that was like, yeah, there's still little work to be done on the angles with the foot speed and the pace. And I'm not saying Remp is an NHLer because he's not, but that's the whole thing. You all of a sudden, if you're going to be in the NHL, that could be a thing. So I think there's still more development for Adder too on the defensive end, the offensive end. It's all there. Like we could see it. Mm -hmm. But the funny thing is, you know, for John Tortorella, as an example, if he sees what I saw and maybe Adder gets better during, you know, preseason, that's possible playing with better players. But if he sees what I saw, he's going to be like, Hey, the offense is great, but he, John's not going to have a guy just for offense. He, he's not going to do it on the, on the blue line. He won't do it. I, I thought uh, Brian Zanetti uh, had really what I would call a typical game for him in as much as we've seen him play. But the, the time that I've seen him at world juniors, right? It's the same thing. His physicality is really good, but sometimes he crosses that line too much and he spends a little bit of time in the penalty box. So yeah, I think he'll have to get a little bit more disciplined on that front. He will have to get more disciplined. The but the skating's there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard these days to kind of stand up a player, but he's able to do it. And that doesn't mean you have to be able to stand him up and put him on his rear. Like that's hard to do. You have to have create amazing strength for that. But he's already got good enough strength where he knows how to stand up guys and tie them up. And so he does have offense in his game too. So the the package there is nice and. He's definitely two years away, three years away. But the idea is there's definite, there's a definite improvement there. And I think playing for um, for the Swiss team and all those kinds of things have helped him. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I kind of want to get to what I see as the elephant in the room with all of this and Tyson Forster because he had a tremendous overtime winner in uh-huh. the first game. But I think that he was also pretty quiet overall if you looked at the totality of, of both games. Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought the first game up until the overtime goal wasn't a great game. It just wasn't. He had a better game on Saturday. Uh, the assist was nice, too. The, the thing about Tyson Forster is, and it's nice to say he's faster. I get it. He's faster. And, and he has this great shot. I get it. But the thing about the great shot is it now has to be a little different than it was before to start going in a lot. Because, you know, as you can see, like nobody in the NHL, it's going to be rare. Three on three, you possibly could get the room he got to get that goal in the first one, you know. But he didn't have that room in the regular on five on five. And I had made that point. People didn't like it. But he had only like, I think, two really good chances other than that because of it. So he, you know, to me, it was like the Cates brothers were sort of driving the line. Now on Saturday, he definitely changed that. And so I feel like, you know, he's a guy that's close, but because he's only played 33 AHL games, I just think the jump is too much right now. We'll see what happens in preseason, but right now you're talking a big jump that at a 20 year old for a 20 year old guy, it's it's really there's no point pushing him to the NHL if you don't need to. Yeah, I think that it, a few more months, at least at the AHL level, 
Yes. Just to get him more consistent, I think would be the right approach. And like you said, there's just no problem with putting him in the AHL. I think no. that it does not do him any harm. I think with some guys you can say there is, you know, but I think with a guy like him, it just it it does him good. I think it does the Phantoms good. So yeah. I, I don't I don't think there's any issue with with doing that as well. But it again, good to see some of the flashes of what he can do. And and like you said, his shot is tremendous and we all know it. So I look forward to seeing what this whole season brings from him, that we see a continued growth. I feel good about this guy. Again, I ranked him as a first-round mm-hmm. talent. A lot of people didn't. I've seen him grow. Uh, I talked to him at camp about the path he took because he was passed over in the draft multiple times. Everything's worked out for him. He's on this development cycle that I just feel like would still be rushing him to put him in the NHL. And I feel like he's on the right cycle. And if you feel like someone's on the right cycle, you leave them there until it's Mm -hmm. overwhelming until it's like, you're saying, okay, now you're just over marinating him in the a, and then it's like, fine, then he'll, he'll get his spot. He's not there yet. Yeah. Uh, Another guy that definitely needs that marinating time is Zade wisdom. And, you know, his, his goal on Saturday was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a good play overall, I think by that group to get him that goal. And uh, I I mentioned this before we started recording, but Bob Rotruck, who does the play-by-play for the Phantoms been on this show uh, was literally just mentioning how not noticeable Zade Wisdom was in the very moment that he scored that goal, which was funny, but it was all It happens too. to all yeah. of us. We do that in the press yeah. box too. It's like, that's yeah. hockey. It's funny though. Right. But right. you know, like someone asked how Zade Wisdom do, you know, on Friday. And I was like, you know, he was in on a play, um, but not a lot. And in this game, I felt like there was a little more. Uh, look, reality is two things. Uh, when he was playing at, you know, thrown in at the AHL level because of the way things were during the pandemic, a lot of times adrenaline could be a great thing that way. And it fits and it just works for that moment in time. But then when you have to start a season flat footed again, trying to be at that level and he's coming off a of surgery, it's not the easiest thing. So last year it took until later in the season for him to really start being like that normal guy. And now he's starting this season flat-footed. I think, you know, he will continue to get better, but I also feel like uh, he's not all there yet, even from the injury. Like he's mostly there, but now I feel like as he plays more, he'll get better. I, I think so too. Is there anybody else that you thought maybe should have stood out a little bit more, but was quiet? Yeah. Like Mason Millman first night. Um, he, he played okay defensively and that's something that gets overlooked sometimes. And his physical game was good, but there was like a three on two chance that he muffed. There was, um, he was just passing it too much on, on the power play. I think I only saw him take like one shot. Like he should be a guy shooting on the power play and not being a, a let me get this puck off my stick quickly pass guy. And the power play did not look good on Friday and you know, wasn't much better on right. Saturday. Um, that's something else that we could talk about. It's funny. Um, on a side note, I've never seen a, a place embrace the penalty kill like the Phantoms do. And of course it was really good <laughs> last year. Like we know that, but they were like, it's the whatever penalty kill. And I'm thinking, all right, this is a little different now. It's good 
because your penalty kill is good, but you're still down. Like it's <laughs> so it was kind yeah. of odd for me that they embraced the penalty kill like that. But um, but Millman could have done better. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the penalty kill because it seems like Noah Cates is going to be part of the penalty kill system or very well could be going into this upcoming season for the Flyers. And so he got to play some PK yes. time, which which was good. I wouldn't say phenomenal, but I would say good. Um, but I did also think that he was doing a lot of the playmaking and not a, a lot of the showing what he can do individually which is kind of his nature to some degree but um it was still fun to see him play with jackson they did team up on that one goal on saturday yes. the shorthanded goal, shorthanded goal again yeah. on the penalty kill which was a, a lot of fun so i'm very glad that they put the two cases on the line together uh, with forrester as well me too it was a lot of fun i felt in that first game it took it took everybody a period to kind of get going. Then the pace picked up in the game, but I felt mm -hmm. like the Kate's line started to drive a little better um, in the third period of that game. And it definitely picked up where it left off in the Saturday game and was much better. And yeah, you could see Noah Kate's of all the players there. And I think him and Brennan Othman are probably the two closest. If you know, if you just wanted to know that, um, you know, Kate's is, to me going to make the NHL because of all those little things he does. We know he put up more points than Owen Tippett, but I don't even know if, if John Tortorella is going to embrace Cates as a point guy. I think he's going to embrace him away from the puck as a penalty killer, yep. just being super smart, all those things. And then points will follow and he'll be happy. I think that's where, where Noah Cates is super um, valuable. And that's the other thing. There weren't a lot of flyers, who maybe elevated their line mates on offense in these games, but Cates was one of them for sure. Noah, not Jackson. Yeah, absolutely. We are going to wrap up the rookie series and name our nemesis of the week coming up next. All right. I want to talk about one more line real quickly before we get to our nemesis, because I think it could be a legitimate phantoms line. And I think with time uh, could be pretty significant. And that's the Denoye line centering uh, Lixel and Zaid Wisdom. I think that they're a combination that could really help each other grow in their development in Lehigh Valley. And I'm just curious what your thought is in terms of keeping them together. I like it. I would like to keep them together because I think there's um, different things in their games that complement each other. Denoye did really well with all the little things, but yeah. he didn't like shine offensively. Like he wasn't slick offensively. And that's why I want him to get that AHL time. I don't want to bring up Elliot Denoye at some point in the NHL for doing the little things. Doing the little things is great, but Elliot Denoye has to put points up. And, and so you want him to sort of get that confidence. And I think if he played on a line like that with Wisdom, who can kind of work in the corners, but Denoye could also set him up down low, that's a big deal. And Lixell will find you know his spots too. I love that line. Yeah, I, I really do as well. It's one of the things that's making me excited about this upcoming season for the Phantoms. What about the power Our play, Rach? <laughs> well, that's TBD. Okay. 
getting to our nemesis of the week. Uh, if you're newer to the show or, you know, just joining, coming into this season, every Monday we talk about who or what in Flyers land is really irritating us. And uh, we had a good one last week. We talked about the challenge of overcoming negativity about the team going into the season, which I think is really difficult to do. But things like these rookie games with little bright moments really help us along. Uh, this week, for me, it's the uh, impending Tortorella training camp. And just to see how brutal it is in person, I think that you can talk about it. And, you know, the players have talked about it and what they've been doing to get in shape for it. But to actually see it and experience it for these guys, I think, is uh, a little intimidating. Oh, yeah. If I were these players, I'd get a full eight, eight hours sleep the night before. Like, that's just... <laughs> That's just me. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to have a different nemesis. And maybe you'll agree with this nemesis. It's starting. It really started a couple of years ago. And now it's just it's, it's annoying for me. And that is uh, with Easy Pass getting dinged in another state. Like they get everybody to sign up for Easy Pass. Right. So that's great. So mm -hmm. there's less traffic. I am familiar. And, and so there's less traffic. You get through there. You know, you you keep your your balance and you're fine. Right. But if I have a Pennsylvania easy pass and I go to New York, now I'm paying like, I don't know, 5% more on their tolls because I don't have a New York easy pass. And it's like, you know, and I go to New York frequently. It's like, should I get a New York easy pass now? Like it's really ridiculous that they do that. And this extra gouging is not appreciated by me. And I'm sure it's not appreciated by others. And I'm sure you've seen it on your bill too. Yeah, although I get it, because if you're a commuter, right, you want some sort of discount for commuting in your local area, but you want the convenience of using EasyPass when you go to other places. So I honestly don't have a problem with the way that they do that. I know they have a senior discount as well. And I don't believe Pennsylvania so. gives a discount either to Pennsylvania drivers, which is the other thing. I don't believe uh, there's well, a discount Because they at all. don't need to cross bridges to get to work. That's the oh. difference. Well, they do. They do for Philly. Well, no, New Jersey to Philly. Yeah, I guess mm. that's true. Yeah, but still, yeah. bad excuse. <laughs> All right. If they had given me a discount, maybe I wouldn't have bitched. Okay. All right. Well, it helps me out when I go over the George Washington Bridge. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. We talked about Ronnie Adderd. And man, did he have a hell of a shot on Saturday yep. in that game. I think that, um, you know, we talked about the Rangers goaltending that day being not as good as on Friday. But I don't think yep. anybody would have stopped Nobody's that Nobody's stopping that honest. shot. No, yeah. I mean, that, that thing was wired, as they say. It, it was great. Uh, everybody should watch it again. If you haven't seen it, see it. You know, that's what Ronnie Adder can do. And and that's really, it's fun to see. And not everybody has a shot like that or could get that kind of shot off at the NHL level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought it was very impressive. I think, you know, while the Kate's goal, uh, brother's goal was great because you got to see them play off each other really well. Yep. This was just a, a flat out rocket. And I always appreciate that. And especially because I thought his positioning was good to be in the right spot for it as well. Yeah, I mean, look, and I think fans are going to salivate over that because honestly, nobody, you know, up with the big club has a rocket like that on the power play. They just don't. That is true. 
All right. That will do it for today's show. Uh, we are back to the in-season schedule here at Locked On Flyers. So we are going to be back tomorrow where we'll really wrap up rookie camp and what we saw. And I want to talk about um, Ian LaPerriere specifically so we can kind of see where we think his head's at coming into this phantom season and whether He's on the right path in terms of improving as a head coach as well. We'll get back into that Tuesday Phantoms rhythm by by focusing on that. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. We'll have our mailbag on Wednesday. You can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. You can also comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. You can stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily NHL podcast. Have a great day, everyone.